They don't come here to attack us because we're rich and we're free. They come and they, and they attack us because we're over there. We don't need to go populist left or populist right. We don't need to embrace neo-Marxism or neo-fascism, these disastrous movements from the 20th century. Turns out the answer is pretty much our Bill of Rights, our story. Embrace freedom. That's the answer. And if the LP has a purpose, it's not to put people to sleep. It's to wake them up. We're here because we love liberty. And we're here because we hate injustice. We are here to save mankind. We are here to fight. Join us, the Libertarian Party, in perhaps the most exciting, grandest endeavor in history, the restoration of American liberty. Ideas spread, they can't stop them. An idea whose time has come cannot be stopped by any army or any government. All right, hello and welcome to episode 99 of Decentralized Revolution, a podcast from the Libertarian Party Mises Caucus and Mises PAC. I'm Aaron Harris and I'm your host, uh, my guest today on episode 99 is Mark Lobliner, and he is, uh, had to be on my toes for this one. He was uh, a really great gra- guest. He has lots of enthusiasm, as one might expect uh, for someone who's an athlete and a coach and uh, someone, you know, who is a, a really big name in the, in the fitness world, bodybuilding world. Uh, he's the CEO of MTS Nutrition. He's the chief marketing officer at tigerfitness.com, which is you get all your supplements and stuff like that there. Um, and you could tell as far as marketing, he's uh, he's really great at that. He tells a little bit about his uh, sales background in this episode. And, you know, really, that's what we're looking for uh, here with the Mises Caucus is to make connections with people who are uh, have backgrounds outside of the liberty movement, but are fed up uh, with the uh, uniparty, as uh, Mark uh, talks about in this episode, and who you know really wants to see uh, liberty. And uh, uh, Mark realizes it's not a uh, going to be an overnight thing, but uh, he's uh, with us now and is uh, I think in it for the long haul to try to really build something. And uh, I look forward to, to seeing him over at the uh, Take Human Action Tour stop in Nashville. That's uh, April 22nd and 23rd. That's a Saturday and Sunday. Uh, that's the one that was supposed to be in Knoxville, but uh, they, they couldn't get any dates uh, around here uh, in my hometown. So I'm driving uh, over to uh, where Mark is. Uh, I think Michael Bolden, a couple other. Uh, I forget who's going to be at which stop, but to find out, go to TakeHumanActionTour.com. Get your tickets uh, for that event that I'll be hosting, and uh, Mark is going to be there. I know he's going to energize you on this podcast and over on the Take Human Action Tour, Uh, so uh, I think you'll enjoy getting to know Mark uh, just like I did. It's great to talk to you, Mark. Uh, I've talked uh, to Michael Heiss a lot about you, and we're really excited to have you uh, coming up uh, in April. I'll I'll be hosting the Take Human Action Tour stop uh, over in Nashville. It was supposed to be in Knoxville, but we couldn't find a venue because there's a bunch of stuff happening at UT, uh, on all the weekends. Uh, so I'm coming, uh, I'm coming your way. And, uh, so tell, tell us a little bit about before we get into all the politics stuff, like who you are, what you, what you do over there and, uh, how the last couple of years have been for you. Well, um, so I am the chief marketing officer. I own, but basically I own tigerfitness.com, MTS nutrition, also, uh, might be known for the outright bar. It's uh, 
number one bar at GNC. We're, we're in hundreds of thousands of locations. It's pretty awesome. And um, I, outside of that, I have a company called Ambrosia, which is also the number one selling plant protein at the vitamin shop with Planta. And uh, I have a, a actual youth performance facility, as you can see with this, uh, this, this jacket here, where we train youth athletes called um, Legacy at Carbon in Franklin, Tennessee. So I, I do a lot of a lot. So I, I do my thing. I, I wake up in the morning. I'm an IFBB pro bodybuilder. And it's hard to, when, when people ask me what I do for a living, I don't, I kind of forget sometimes, like, did I leave something out? Cause we have a lot of things going on. I like to stay busy. Well, that's a good thing to have. If like, uh, you know, it's not, if your life is your life and it's not like, Oh, your life is over here and your job is over here. <laughs> you're just doing your thing. Like, uh, that, that's, that's great. Right. So you don't have to, uh, you know, put, uh, uh, you know, the the productive part of your life off in a box that's profitable for someone else and then try to get some satisfaction uh in your own life so it's it's great when you can uh your life is just your life and you're doing all kinds of different things so how did you get into that i don't need hobbies you know it's like i i kind of love what i do i get to formulate things that make people feel better live longer and prosper and i get to help help kids become better human beings and at the same time become better athlete athletes and win some state titles. And, you know, I think that's, that's what I was put here on earth to do. I was given a, a, you know, good business mind, which allowed me to, you know, prosper in business. But at the end of the day, what God put me on this earth to do is to coach kids. And that's what I truly love doing. But at the same time, I'm able to formulate some really, really good health supplements. You know, we got a product called Nectar and Ambrosia, which really helps with organ health. And I just formulated a new heart health supplement yesterday that hopefully comes to market in eight, 12 weeks. So I'm constantly moving, constantly evolving. And how I got into this is when I was, um, I was actually working in a gym when I was 19 years old. And um, I was actually, I, I was doing really well as a trainer, believe it or not. Like I was putting myself through school doing that. And I was recruited in the gym by Weeder Publications, which at the time owned Muscle Fitness, Flex, Muscle Fitness, Hers, Flex magazines. And I actually got the job in ad sales. And so I was selling ads and doing really well at it. And then they were acquired by American Media. American Media owns The Inquirer, The Star, Mira en Español, Country Weekly, all those great publications. And from there, I moved up in the company and I I was doing really well, but in that time I got to deal with a bunch of nutritional supplement companies. And frankly, I loved the the fact they were purportedly helping people, but I really thought a lot of them were doing it wrong and they were kind of scummy. They were ripping people off. So that's when I decided to go on my own. And that's when I started a company called Instone with Sylvester Stallone and a couple other people, you know, Rocky. And um, so I was a founding shareholder and unfortunately they didn't like me. So I got fired. So that's when I started my own brand called Cyvation, where we pioneered the intro workout category with a product called Extend, um, which was actually the first intro workout um, to really hit it big. So we pioneered that category, popularized it. And after I sold Cyvation in 2011, I moved on to tigerfitness.com, started MTS Nutrition and all the other stuff I'm doing now. And, and through those years, I've been continuing my education as a coach and you know, coaching thousands of children and, and also coaching adults as well. So I've I coach adults for diet and training at marklobliner.com. And if you know Elijah Schaefer from Slightly Offensive, I'm actually coaching him right now. And he's getting amazing results. This guy's a, this guy's a force. I love him. You know, uh, when he was, before he went overseas with his wife for a little bit, um, you know, we, uh, I see him like every month. We get together and he's, he's just a hard worker, great guy. So 
Yeah, I do a little bit of a lot, a little bit of everything. So I I, I am kind of curious about how one uh, develops like a, you know, a, a protein bar or so the supplements and stuff like that. I mean, as someone who's like an athlete and a bodybuilder, I, I know those guys you know, the, a couple of the guys like that, that I've met, like they're really obsessed with knowing exactly what goes in their body. And they're always tinkering with things to try to get just the right mix of things to get the results they want. So does it kind of start there? You're like, Oh, I need this, but it's not on the market. So I'm going to find somebody to help me make it. Um, nobody helps me make it. I make it. I'm okay. a formulator. I've been formulating okay. supplements since, um, since the early 2000s, you know, okay. since 2004, when, um, when, well, actually since Instone, we had 2004. And, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you have to know what you're doing. You have to know how ingredients work together, how they interact. Uh, you have to know what complements each other. You don't want redundancy within a formula. And formulating a bar is, is not like formulating a powder. Like formulating a pre-workout, I need to know what contraindications there are. I need to know what mixes together, what works together, the different kind of things. What tastes good? You know, I'm not going to, I can't have a pre-workout that tastes like crap. So you have to have ingredients that you can either mask the flavor or they don't have those nasty undertones. Again, when you work with capsules, it's completely different. Whereas a, a protein bar, at least ours, is not a normal ex extruder-based, which is basically a machine that just pumps them out. Ours is actually a baked good mm -hmm. um, that I simply created. Now, that was a passion project I never expected to work. Um, we were actually at a soccer tournament, and my daughter was 10 years old, and she was playing center mid. So she had three games in one day, running about six to seven miles a game. We had nothing to eat between games, not enough time to you know, put together a meal. And, and at the tournament, we had funnel cakes and nachos, you know, normal tournament food. And, and at the time, the bars on the market were the Quest Bar and the One Bar, which had too much fiber. So you're either going to cramp up or, or poop yourself, which wasn't an idea. And I like Quest and One Bar, it's just not for that application. And the other thing was Cliff Bar or a Z Bar, which was basically just going to spike your sugar and you'd, then you'd mm -hmm. crash mid-game. So I wanted to come out with a bar that had, you know, the highest quality protein. We use a whey protein isolate. Um, superfood carbohydrate, which we use honey, which is a superfood, 26 vitamins and minerals in there. And then you also have, you know, healthy fats, monounsaturated fats from peanut butter and, and other nut butter varieties we have. And that's where we came up with the Outright Bar. It took me three years and I had no experience in, in launching any kind of food product. And we launched it simply for our family. And it turned, because I didn't think we could sell a bar that, because at that time it was the, the oh, low carb bars, when really the carbs are there, but they have these net carbs, which is essentially bullshit. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, well, these are carbs, but they're, they're really good. You know, they don't spike your blood sugar. Honey is very slow, slow digesting, perfect for anything, eating during the day, um, around your training, whatever it is you want to do. Turns out everybody else wanted the bar that I wanted. So this one was completely different because it wasn't one of those where I didn't think there was a market for it. I just wanted to sell enough to our consumer base so I could eat it. Mm -hmm. And then it ends up becoming, a, a, you know, a, a new category as well, the shelf-stable whole food protein bar, but it also just kind of blew up. So it's been, that's been an accidental, um, accidental success story. So and sometimes it happens, you follow your dream and it ends up, uh, and you do something based out of passion and it ends up working out. Yeah, it's, I've heard a lot of people, um, both inventors and like artists and stuff. It's like, well, I made the movie or I made the album that I wanted to hear that no one else was making, right? Yeah. So uh, that's, uh, that's a good way to do it. So what is it like when you, okay, you're tinkering with things, you're figuring stuff out. And then I would imagine uh, our friends uh, in the government have something to say before you put 
uh, something like that on the shelf? <laughs> What's that process like? I like the FDA. I'm not going to lie. Like the people I deal with at FDA, I'm not saying this just so they don't come down on me, but I've had nothing but good experiences because I follow the rules. Hmm. We keep getting people saying the, the industry is unregulated and that's, that's complete and utter bullshit. The industry is very regulated. That's why you'll see once in a while the FDA will put out letters and, and basically ban ingredients, which they did kind of with NAC. We saw that N-acetylcysteine, which is a big uproar because it works and it actually works against that C word that ends with id. Um, mm-hmm. It actually has some great, um, great effects, increasing glutathione, which is the, the body's master antioxidant. You know, it's a, it's a phenomenal antioxidant. NAC converts or produces antioxidant, um, sorry, glutathione within the body. Uh, actually better than taking glutathione orally alone. It's, it's fantastic. Uh, that's how people get this idea that the FDA is, is evil, but we do need some oversight um, for the food industry because, well, I mean, Chipotle and Salmonella, right? You need to make sure that things are refrigerated properly. And, and those are things we do kind of need some oversight. Now, the people I deal with at FDA, again, there could be bad people at the FDA. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But the people that mm-hmm. I deal with, you know, I keep in full contact. If I have a new product out, I send the label to them, make sure we're completely compliant. Um, at, at the end of the day, they don't want people to get sick and die. Now, I don't know about the people who deal with the pharmaceutical industry. That's a different division. Yeah. But the food division, again, I'm one of those who's like, we don't need more regulations. We just need to enforce the ones we have. It's kind of like gun laws, right? Mm-hmm. Like, we need more gun laws. We have them. We literally have them. And, and they're, 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 they work. Like they're there, whatever. But at the end of the day, the people committing crimes aren't the ones, you know, who are, are good law abiding citizens. Criminals do criminal stuff. Right. So that we need. Uh, so basically with the FDA, honestly, you just have to follow the rules. You have to put your warnings on there. You have to make sure that you don't make any egregious claims. I can't say that something cures cancer. You know, anything that misleads the consumer, because, you know, again, I'm not here to. I know, I know the industry I work in and I know I have to follow the rules. And also I know that I'm not going to put anything out there. that's going to hurt somebody. And I take all my own supplements. However, there are a lot of really bad people out there who would take advantage of people. We've seen that. We've seen people make adulterated supplements. We've seen, mm-hmm. you know, the whole, uh, the Aaron Singerman from Redcon, he went to prison, just got out for literally, you know, people's liver failed or whatever it was. Something failed, you know, um, people literally got really sick. So for me, the FDA is, is is a is a non-issue because I follow the rules. Yeah. And we need to have good manufacturing processes. And again, those are things that uh, from a libertarian standpoint, I still kind of need to clarify it on what our answers because you can't just have people haphazardly putting a, a you know, you have a, a bottle, right? A label. Right. I, I this this should be what's in the product, right? Right. That's what the FDA is there for to make sure that this is what's is what's in hold on, is what's in the actual product. Mm-hmm. Make sure we have the safety seal. Make sure everything's on point. So again, you need to have some some oversight because not everybody's like me. You know, well, I, I think that at some point, like if we're slowly moving toward a libertarian society one day, that I think so a lot of those things can get be done by the free market. So like one yes. of the, one of the things that uh, I always point to is my uh, nephew has a lot of very serious food allergies and uh, my sister is, of course, very vigilant as to what they eat and what they let in their house and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, and the a lot of the, that food allergy community, like there are 
the FDA does, there is labeling and all that stuff. And sometimes you'll see, see, oh, may contain tree nuts or whatever. You have to put that. I put that on there if it's even in the facility. Right. And And it might not even have tree nuts near it, but you have to put it on there. Because there might be cross-contamination, but they, so all of those families look at that stuff, but they also, uh, there are places that kind of verify things independent of the FDA and they all kind of like, test with each other it's like oh okay i tried this and it, it, it's okay because they don't just like blindly oh the fda says it so i'm gonna give it to my kid and it may kill him right they're extra careful and they have a network that really verifies it to their specific needs and i think that ultimately well, yeah the gluten-free claim that's there there is an organization that does that and, right and also but but a lot of them are rackets that's where you have to be like nsf for sport is a complete racket Mm-hmm. It's a complete racket. A lot of these things are 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 not are not by any means um, legit, right? And and I say that you know I say that as someone who gets a lot of these certifications, right? And, and when so, people when people find out that they're not legit, people who are legit like you put it out there, and ultimately, I think that you know people will always buy crap if it's cheaper. Okay, or, or devil's whatever. advocate though. Okay, how are people going to find out? How are people going to find out about that? You got. What is it? Probably 80% of people in America don't know who the president is, which is probably a good thing. President doesn't even know who the president is. So devil's advocate is people are just ill-informed. In fact, they're so uninformed. Why do we have a two? If they were informed, we wouldn't have a two-party system. Right. (laughs) So so how do we, and also the media is bought and paid for. Yeah. Like look at what happened with the, with the inoculation. I think we get away with that word. Yeah. Look at what happened with that. Like it's completely been lied about by the media, by the government. It's still being lied about. They're paying these uh, celebrities to promote it. So if we have a media who is compromised, Mm -hmm. if we have a political system who is compromised and it's all bought and paid for because 75% of ad revenue comes from Pfizer. Right then who can we trust? How do we do this if we don't have some legit oversight? That's the question. I I think you're right. So it's one of those things where because the government is involved, like the free market stuff doesn't, can't properly function. And so like if we didn't have a media that's bought and paid for by the pharmaceutical industry and the defense contractors and they actually did their job, then the media would be doing like, I remember like when I was a kid, there would all be all kinds of consumer affairs type stuff that they would figure this stuff yeah. out. Lawyers who want clients uh, will, will help identify, you know, people who do have a bad reaction to something. So ultimately, like I always use the example of like a, a, a hair, right? So like in most places, including in Tennessee, you have to have a license to cut hair. Well, I don't care if the girl who cuts my hair has a license, I care I if want a good people, haircut. Yeah, yeah. I, I I care if the people walk out walking out of her shop look like idiots or not. Oh, that guy looks good. Yeah, I'll give it a shot. You know, so like, and that's that. You're right. A lot of these things can be taken care of, but if the government says, "Hey, this is how we do it," the legal system is such that it's hard to, like, if okay, let's say that I take a a product that uh, is made by you know whatever the biggest player in the supplement game is. And I go up against them and they've got billions of dollars for the law. You know, the way the legal system is the little guy, it's going to be hard to. So ultimately the uh, government always ends up the rich people, the well-connected always have an advantage over, over the rest of us. And like uh, Liberty will get us closer to where we want to go. That's, that's the one thing to remember 
Oh yeah. As, as a libertarian is like, we're not preaching that, Oh, this is going to be utopia and perfection, but it's like compared to what, you know? And so oh, I think there is no such thing as a perfect system. Right. But yeah. right now the hybrid we have is, is failing extraordinarily. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's not working. And we saw that through 2020 and 2021. And we saw that through the, 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 electronic fascism on Twitter. Like you saw those yeah. corporate hearings that are happening where they're, they're censoring and, you know, they're basically, they're, they're extinguishing rational qualified voices mm -hmm. and rational discussion and thought. And that should not be possible under a company that's literally protected because they're a free speech platform because they're a town hall. Yep. And so that's the problem is that now we have the Democrats. And again, I'm not a big Republican fan, but mainly the Democrats, they control the media. And mm -hmm. I would say the same thing if the Republicans controlled the media. But we're in a situation where even Fox, every single network is covered 70% plus by Pfizer. Yep. And I learned this when I worked in the magazines. We talked about my history. Um, we couldn't editorially say anything negative that would impact one of our advertisers. Yeah. So if I had an article on, for example, one time, Deer Antler Velvet, okay? It's, it's complete horseshit. However, we, we, uh, we, I, I sold an ad for Deer Antler Velvet. I was pretty proud of myself. I sold a half-page ad in Flex Magazine. And uh, good, good old one guy, there was one, one writer. His name was Dr. Jim Wright. He's passed away. Genius. He wrote an article about how it's bullshit. And um, I had to refund their money <laughs> because... <laughs> It was in the magazine, but his article was about fitness. It was topically relevant. However, because they paid us money, he got in trouble for even writing the article. Yep. So think about it from that's a microcosm. That was a $2,500 ad. Yep. Think about it, how much Pfizer spending billions, billions yep. with a B. They're not doing anything to upset that cash cow has nothing to do with trying to now the depopulation thing that could be something. So that's so far beyond what CNN's doing. CNN is just trying to pay their bills. Yep. And that's just greed and that's lack of ethics and it's capitalism. Yeah. I mean, just being real. Yeah. And it's, but it's also, it's kind of the, we have, like you, you use the term a mixed system and like, we don't have like actual, free market capitalism we have no. capitalism where big companies get bailed out where they're protected by the government and things and so they are trying to go after their bottom line uh and, and keep that healthy but they're using government to do that and so that's why the little guys can't um you know whatever business you're in uh the it's very hard for the little guy or the small uh to medium-sized business to break into something because like big companies like uh, you know, Walmart or Pfizer or whatever, they have uh, uh, millions and millions of dollars they spend on, com you know, compliance with the with regulations and stuff like that. Whereas if you're trying to take a small business to a bigger level, you may not have the capital to hire all the people to do the compliance, not to mention all the financial side of stuff, if you want to go public and all that stuff. So it, it's it's one of those things where, and like on healthcare, like a socialized system might be better than what we have now <laughs> because we have all the, I don't even know the, what we have now. Well, that, that's the thing. Nobody knows. It's so convoluted that um, government is the tentacles are in other words, the everyone sort of pays the cost, but the, uh, the profits are privatized, right. And the costs are socialized. 
and so uh, that's why it's kind of hard sometimes as libertarians to to talk to the public about things like, oh, well, we need to, you know, they they think we have free market capitalism now, and of course, if they, you know, somebody who's got wiped out by medical bills or can't afford in health insurance, if they think this is capitalism, and you're saying, oh, we want more freedom, of course they're gonna. Um, uh, buck that right so like that's that's the tough thing that we have is to 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 try to advocate for freedom when a lot of people have a misconception of of what freedom and free markets are so it, it's it, it's not it's not easy it's not easy i, I want to get into yeah kind of the virus stuff um because i i know that that was a big sort of catalyzing issue for you it changed my life. Everybody's right. life. It changed everyone's life. It, it, and I it, no longer look at, I, 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 I put it this way. I don't look at America the same. And now I truly know as a Jew mm-hmm. whose grandfather escaped Auschwitz, mm-hmm. I know how the Holocaust happened because those guys would have killed us for walking out of our house. Yep. They would have supported the officer and they did. They did. When they arrested business owners, these liberals were like, yeah. When, when, when a guy like me goes out without a mask, like, I hope you die. I'm like, you're a Nazi. Yep. I, and I lost faith in my, I still do to this day do not have, I do not, I do not have faith in America. I yeah. lost a lot of my love for yeah. America. A lot of it. I'm the same way. Like I, you know, I grew up, um, I was born in 1975 and I thought there was a little more of the, you know, the old school American individualistic, um, I'm not going to let the government tell me what to do spirit alive. And it, there's still a little bit of it there, but there's a lot less than I, I thought there was. Like I, I was also very disheartened. And like, I, I think at one point, a couple months into all that, I was like, America's dead to me. <laughs> and, and, and a lot of it is um, there, there's great things about it, but you're right. It's, it was very disheartening. Um, and so the, the angle I wanted to take, though, is like from uh, the fitness community, uh, people who, again, they really, really care what goes in their bodies. They're very they're critical thinkers. They also I, I think they, you know, they do the trial and error thing on, OK, this works for my body. This doesn't. Yeah. They're very in tune to this. And also, I, as far as what I can tell, <laughs> that there's a pretty strong community aspect to it of like Absolutely. each gym, I, I think, kind of has a culture of its own. And it's different to, to go work out in a gym versus working out in your basement. Uh, all the best people seem to be, you know, gravitate toward doing that as a social thing. Absolutely. So like there's so many aspects of the virus stuff that really attack that culture. So what was that like? when things started to happen, what, what were you and your friends and colleagues? Like, how did you react to that? Uh, what was the first couple of things that really tipped you off that something crazy was going on? Well, the first two weeks, I think I, like everybody was like, Oh my God, we're all going to fucking die. I mean, because it's, I mean, and it's not going to happen. Like, here's the problem. Like we can literally have an Ebola type thing where you're going to be bleeding from your eyes and shit. I won't believe it. I'll be like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not staying in. <laughs> like y'all lied to me once. Nope. Right. So my, my feeling the whole time after the first, so the first like week <clears throat> I was like a little bit petrified. I remember like my dog took it. I was taking my dog on a walk. We were waiting for our house to be built. We were, we were living in an apartment and we lived in Tennessee and Tennessee never really took it seriously. Mm-hmm. Knoxville, you guys got a little more communist than we did in Franklin, but like, but you at least had Kane as your mayor. So everything worked out. Right. So I remember like, I was afraid to lick my finger cause I couldn't get the plastic bag open to, put the dent so I could pick up the dog shit, you know, cause it stuck together. My hands were dry. And I'm like, <clears throat> that's what I'm like. Okay. So I remember when it started coming out, 
And then I, I reconnected my good friend, Alan Roberts, the MFing COO, and he's now a part of our companies in, in a major way. And I remember we're like talking about, both of us were like, I don't care what this is. Like we can't suspend freedom. You can't just pause the constitution. You cannot pause the right to assemble. You can't do that. That's literally the most important amendment we have, the right to assemble. And then they're shutting down churches after the first week. And, and it took my wife, and I'll, I'll go to that evolution. Um, so we never really shut down gyms. Like, we still went. And in California and Orange County, a lot of gyms stayed open. They just had cardboard over their uh, windows so the mm -hmm. cops couldn't see in and not have probable cause. And I have a gym in L.A. County. We never shut down. Iron Addicts never shut down. Um, my gym in Ohio, we just, we literally just let it for the employees. We never shut down. And the thing is, I knew that, look, I eat right every day. I exercise, I get sunlight. If I get taken down by a, a super cold virus, it's just my time to die. Mm -hmm. And what's the point of living if I'm hiding in my house from a virus? Mm -hmm. And also, if you know viruses, it's never going to go away. And also, if you look at how long it takes to create a vaccine, it takes a long time. So what am I going to do? Hide out for five years? And Donald Trump, 15 days of flatten the curve. So <laughs> we take 15 days off. The virus goes down a little. And then what happens after 15 days? It erupts again. So it's like, look, man, if we're all going to die, let's at least go out having fun and, and let's keep the economy going. But instead of what we typically do, which is what we should have done, which is, hey, let's protect the weak and yep. the old and people like that. Let's go ahead and lock down healthy people. What we should have done is what Sweden did that say, hey, you're young and healthy. You have a high probability of surviving this. Go out, get it, get natural immunity, which we know is the best form of immunity. Now I could say that on YouTube now without getting banned before. If you've even muttered the term natural immunity, they do what they do. They shadow ban my channel for doing a video, not about the virus. I did a video about vitamin D. I didn't even mention the virus mm -hmm. and I got shadow banned on YouTube. Yep. And I'm just now climbing out of it three years later. This is April of 2020. Okay, this is absolutely ridiculous. So as the fitness community, July of 2020, we had a huge event at Carbon Culture. Wall to wall, no masks, and we posted on Instagram. And everybody said we were murderers. Everybody said we were stupid. And we're like, nobody was forced to come here. In fact, you don't have to come here. You could wear your little mask and hide out. And I love seeing men in masks when they're surrounded by women and children not wearing them. What a little weak pussy you are. Like, you must feel like a weak bitch. You're afraid of air. So that's my honest opinion. The fitness community, the real ones, didn't. we didn't care. Like, we were like, hey, we've done all we can. We've literally been training our whole lives for this. And here we are. And also, I'm one of those guys, like, I grew up with a high probability of dying based on what I did and who I hung out with and where I was. I've never been afraid of death and I'm not going to hide out in my house. I don't care what, I don't care if it's a 50% chance of dying. I am not going to hide in my house waiting for a virus to vanish. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. It, it's, uh, I, I, I kind of thought the same thing. I was a little nervous at the beginning because of family members and yeah. had some health things. And the, but then, you know, I was like, uh, the government lies a lot. So this could be true. It could be totally made up. It but, could but be a little what bit happens, of both. But Aaron, what happens if this happens again? Both right. of us, yep. like 50% uh, of the country, 50% yep. of the country are going to be like, yeah, right. right. And it could be the, the sad thing is like, it's the boy who cried wolf. Yep. Like they, they lost their chance. So they're going to have to wait 
not our kids, but our kids' kids. Mm -hmm. Because for a whole two generations, they cannot use this card anymore. Yep. Because literally, if they did that shit in Tennessee, where sh that's why, why do you think Bill Lee never put a mask mandate in Tennessee? Mm -hmm. We would have gone out in the street and shot everybody. Yeah. We, that uh, shit ain't flying in Wilson County. That shit might fly in Brentwood because these people are weak. <laughs> but like, that shit ain't flying. That shit ain't flying. If you go out, if you go out to the boondocks, out to Cleveland, Tennessee, mm -hmm. out to, dude, you're, you're, you're done. Like, yeah. they're going to come at you with pitchforks. Yeah. They're going to stab your ass. Yeah, we uh, we moved from uh, Ohio in what the part? spring. Uh, I'm from Dayton, uh, so I, I've uh, worked. Oh, we're in based Columbus. in uh, we're based in Loveland. I'll be there in uh, March second if you want to join us for the uh, okay our little well, party. Yeah. I, I I'm not up in Ohio anymore, but yeah. So I I used it's to. It's only a past. five hour. It's only like a four and a half hour drive. <laughs> well, I'm gonna see you in Nashville here in like. Uh, two and a half months or whatever. So. Yeah. Yeah. I guess yeah, you'll yeah. get your fill. Yeah we'll, yeah. yeah. we'll definitely get, we'll, we'll cater some Kava. We'll be good to go. Yeah. Yeah. So um, we moved down here from Dayton in the spring of 2021. And at the time, the health department in Knox County um, was still had the mandates in and all the places had signs up, but nobody, uh, nobody followed the signs. It's like, <laughs> Oh, by order of the health department. And what was funny is they, uh, Kane, you know, Glenn Jacobs is uh, a member of the health uh, um, department uh, by virtue of being the, the county mayor. Yeah. And they would vote on things and it would be seven to one, seven to one, seven to one, seven to one. He would vote against all of this stuff. And then finally, I think they like somehow took away a lot of the authority of the health board. They had like the authority mm -hmm. to do that. And they got that through. And the lady who was like chairman of the, the board of health, like, uh, you know, resigned in tears and all this stuff. And like, I, I felt a little bad for her, but part of me is like, no, I don't, no, no, I don't, no, no, no. I don't I, feel bad. <laughs> Aaron, Aaron, let me tell you this. An old lady bad. crying. I, 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 I feel I, I, bad. No, no, no. I would have slapped her right in her face. Cause how many people's lives did she hurt? Oh, yeah. How many kids did she hurt? Yeah. That woman deserves the death penalty. I'm yeah. sorry. And I wait, li sorry, libertarians. Okay. She yeah. deserves I'll take the slapping libertarian. Ah, oh, damn. We're anti-aggression too. What do I do here, man? I need a libertarian advice. Can I, I can't kill her, but I can't slap her. We're anti-aggression. What do I do? Um, can we throw pie? What about, what about pie? Can we throw maybe, a pie? At maybe pie or, or at least ostracization. Right? Like I, I'm maybe. new to this libertarian thing, man. I need, I need help. I need to phone a lib. Not that lib. I need to phone a libertarian, not a liberal. I, I, I definitely, I don't feel sorry for these people. Mm -hmm. These people who are yelling at us to put masks on, they were wrong. Yeah. And I want, a, I want a big letter published on the front page of the New York Times. It'll be the first time I read it. I'll even pay for the damn subscription, two ninety nine a month. Yeah. And I want an apology yeah. because they were wrong and we were right. And now, now, dude, imagine. I gotta ask you this: Did you get the? Uh, did you get the thing? Okay. Okay. Now I could go off and I don't want to offend anybody who have it because I have a lot of friends who have it and they thought it was the right thing. And some people were pressured to do it. They Bro, had to, or they'd, lose, have, they'd lose their job. I, look, man, the people who are yelling at me and telling me to die, I want you to die too, but in a non-aggressionist kind of way. Yeah. Does that work? Yeah. I want you to have natural causes that were not natural, but here's the thing. Like the people who got it, I feel so bad for them because if I got that thing, I'd be so scared every day. Like the other day, oh my God, I was boxing yesterday because I box. I like boxing. It's fun. And so like, I like fighting. That's why I'm, I'm the non-aggression thing. We're allowed to have aggression if it's voluntary in a That's ring, right. right? That's right. Okay. That's right. So I'm like, yeah, yeah. That freedom of choice thing. So check it out. So I'm boxing and I throw a cross and I get a cramp 
right here in my chest. It was a cramp because my muscle was like this. It was all twitching, right? And I'm like, oh, shit. And if I had the vax, I'd be like, oh, no, it's myocarditis. But instead, I'm like, oh, I should probably stretch a little bit. Yeah. Imagine waking up and having, like, waking up, like, you sleep on your shoulder and there's a little pain right here. Yep. Dude. I would be, even if it does nothing, like mm -hmm. I'll probably die of stress right now. And my mm -hmm. wife was saying that the other day. Now my wife, here's an evolution, man. My wife was apolitical. Like I'd sit here and rant about this and that. She's like, shut up. Shut up. I don't care. Now, dude, she's like watching over. She follows like Candace and Robbie. Like she's gone. Like she's queuing on. Like she's yeah. gone over the top. And I'm joking. Mm -hmm. She's not. She's just an innocent soccer mom from Brentwood. But like, dude. It's changed a lot of people. It's brought a lot of people. It's woken up a lot of people. Mm -hmm. A lot of people used to be apolitical. And I think what's really great is it's gotten these suburban soccer moms because now they're, they first they covered our faces and now they got some dude in drag showing his wiener to kids. Yep. So what this has done is it has activated suburban soccer moms to open their eyes and stop just voting for Hillary. Yep. So, and that's the challenge we have as libertarians because we see what the Republicans kind of always do. I had Jeff Charles on. Uh, uh, oh, Jeff, we're in a group together. He's my boy. Yeah, he's awesome. So, and Love we kind of came to the conclusion that the Republican Party is, you remember the Harlem Globetrotters, right? They always play the Washington Generals, right? Which yeah. is the, they're <laughs> just the so passers. Good. And so I've always yeah. said that the, that the Republicans are basically the Washington Generals of, of, of politics. And they, they thought that they were going to win the, the midterms, and they didn't. People wondered why. Oh, inflation, you know, drag show stuff, all the stuff with the jab and, you know, all that. But they did not – no one believes them when they talk about freedom or talk about following the Constitution or anything like that anymore. And I think that that's – if they did, even if they, like, went out and – they don't even talk a good game anymore, it seems like. If they would have talked a good game – I think they would have done pretty well in those uh, midterms, but they don't. And so that's what a lot of people, you know, Jeff came over to the party. I think you did. Like, what was, was it? I've always that, been a member. I, I, was a, I was a registered libertarian in California in 2002. Okay, cool. cool. And, and, and okay, so first of all, let me tell you why Republicans can't win. Right. George Bush, Mitch McConnell. Okay. George H.W. Bush. These people suck. They're not Republican. They're not conservatives. These people are just politicians yep. and they're about big government. They're a part of the system. That's what they are. They're just a part of the system, the uniparty, as I believe they call it, right? The uniparty. Yep. So that's why Republicans will never be serious. Whereas the Democrats, while they're all completely fucking bonkers, they're one, at least, you know, dude, like Rep Democrats vote party line. So the problem is you have good people and I'm going to say good people and you might disagree with me and I don't care because I've interacted with people, Thomas Massey, Rand Paul. Mm -hmm. I love Marjorie Taylor Greene. You want to know why she lifts? Everything else is irrelevant. <laughs> <laughs> no, I love, I love MGTF spoken to her a few times. I'm a huge fan. And, and she's a little bit, she's a little bit what she is. She's, she's every soccer mom, what they really want to say, but they don't say she's just an angry. No, she's, she's, She's a fucking hockey mom. That's what she is. Those bitches are crazy. All right. And, and I, I like, I like, um, Bobert. I like strong women who speak their mind. I, look, if AOC wasn't acting and completely fake, I'd love her too. Because I like when, I like when people are convicted, right? I like when people stand for something 
And Marjorie Taylor Greene actually stands for something. Matt Gates actually stands for something. You know, these people just stand for whoever pays their bills, whoever, whatever Pfizer money they get. So the reason libertarians suck and why we have to get better, I'll give you two reasons. Gary Johnson and Joe Jorgensen, that's what people mm-hmm. know us for. And that fat dude who ran naked across the stage. Yeah. Every time when I posted that, that video about why I became a libertarian and enjoyed the Mises caucus, you know how many times people posted that guy running across the goddamn stage naked? <laughs> right, right. It, it's amazing how people uh, that one guy. Yeah. <laughs> that one guy. And 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 the Aleppo thing with Gary Johnson. And I think oh. it, you know, I I am a little bit of a defender of Gary Johnson. I think he ran a much better campaign in 2012. Um, and sometimes, uh, you know, I saw him campaign some in Ohio and when sometimes he would talk to crowds and be like, he would be on fire. But then I, I, he, then when the chips kind of came down, he, he dropped, he really dropped the ball. And so that's, that's why, I mean, we're trying to get people, uh, first of all, we're trying the local thing, right? Because we're we're never going to win the presidency as it is now. I think the the Gary Johnson, Joe Jorgensen wing, I think they play the respectability politics thing. If we don't offend people, if we talk about how, oh, libertarians are the best of the blue and the best of the red and we don't the bad stuff. And if we talk a good game and show up and wear a nice suit, eventually they're going to let us in the debates and then we're going to convince everybody then we're going to win. We know that's not going to work. We have to build up credibility with people at the local level, really show people uh, who we are and show that we're not the the naked guy on stage and we're not the guy who claims to be a libertarian but says oh you should have to bake the cake you know well it, it's there are no shortcuts and that's why i think that the libertarian party for a long time they have kind of thought oh there's a shortcut we just have to hang around and our our opportunity yeah. will come but there's not there's it's it's almost like you know uh fitness of bodybuilding like you're not going to go from uh, you know, uh, Steve Rogers before the serum to Steve Rogers after overnight, you know, there's no, there's no serum. That's Although the shortcut. There is Trenbolone. Um, <laughs> no, but <clears throat> my whole thing is, <clears throat> and this is where I agree. This is where I, you know, when I first talked to you guys and talking to Maj, like it starts locally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but you have to have the right candidates who resonate. Yep. And, and the thing is, you know, going back to Jorgensen, that was, look, 2016 and 2020 were the years that libertarians actually had a chance to crack 15 because all the candidates sucked. Trump sucks. Yes. I said it. Trump is fucking garbage. And, but his base is just as tribal and weird as the left and dude, Hillary Biden, Biden's literally dead. He's literally deceased and he won. He won. He got the votes. Whether they harvested them or not, he got the votes. Yeah. Um, you know, he won the states that he was supposed to win. And there were a couple swing states. It's not like, dude, if he would have turned Tennessee, like, I'm like, all right, that was rigged. But yeah. like, dude, like, Lee won, I'm sorry, Trump won Tennessee by like, he got like 78% of the vote. Right. Like, at the end of the day, Biden won. Okay. And there were some inaccuracies. We need to fix the system, but we're all playing by the same game. Republicans got to know how to ballot harvesting is the way of the future. If you can't ballot harvest, you're not going to win. Period. Even locally, even locally. So, you know, my whole thing is libertarians keep dropping the ball. And 
we keep putting really bad people up. Like, I know you say you're a Gary Johnson defender. Remember Bill Weld? Not, is I, not a, I, I'm not a Gary Johnson hater um, to the degree oh, a lot a of people are. No, I'm I think freaking, he, Hold on, he, hater, hater. He definitely dropped the ball. I think the potential was there. He did a lot of good things. I think he did great in 2012 to some degree. But I, ultimately, he was just kind of an unserious person. I don't think he really cared – uh, about the message i think he 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 at bottom i think he's just a uh not a typical politician but still a politician he okay he wasn't here's another able. thing during the election bill weld while running yeah. for vice president supported hillary clinton right i got no love bill weld is the worst like when he's that happened i was like i'm not vote uh, i can't and, do it and then yeah. and then jorgensen goes and bends the knee to blm yep um yep. Th- again it's like Every time we had a chance to, all, all Jorgensen had to do is like, she could have come out and said, look, we're libertarians. We don't play this color shit. Yeah. Like everybody's equal. This is America. Everybody has an opportunity. We're here to preserve the opportunities of Americans. And says she's like, here's my fist, yep. <laughs> raising the communist fist. I'm like, yep. okay, well, there goes that one. Yep. There's another one. Darn, we had a chance. Yep. Yeah, libertarianism is the way. Yep. Um, you just, and, and you know how many people I know who are, Republicans who mm-hmm. actually say, well, I'm libertarian. I just don't vote for libertarians. Right. right. Most of them. And that's to say, we get, that's what we're trying to build here. We're trying to do it different. We're not trying to uh, do what, you know, what we've just been talking about that obviously that's, that's not working. And I, I have sympathy for a lot of the people who tried a lot of that stuff. I think they're just, uh, and I hate to, you know, the whole blue pill, red pill thing is kind of a cliche, but in some cases it's true. It's like you, if you're blue pilled enough to think that that politics works like it does on Schoolhouse Rock, and that uh, you know if you're the if you're proper and you're good, and you have the better ideas, you're going to win. Then uh, if that's your outlook, then then that's how you should then you should be Gary Johnson and Joe Jorgensen. But if you actually look at how things are in the real world, you have to realize we can't play that same game, which is why instead of trying to go through the legacy media and, you know, capture the castle of the white house that we're trying to build uh, relationships with people like you, people like Maj, people like Dave, uh, people like Jeff Charles, like the, the whole alternative media thing, they're getting bigger and they're, that's where all the energy is. And that's where, again, we're not going to, it's asymmetric warfare, right? In our project decentralized revolution document, um, which I'll have on the show notes page, decentralized revolution.com slash 99. I think we use the example that in the American revolution, if the uh, Patriots, the Minutemen got up uh, against the British army, it's like, okay, let's gonna, let's go out in the middle of a field, put on blue jackets to, to fight the redcoats, and you know fight an old style 1700s battle they would have lost they instead they did all kinds of different things and and adapted to what they uh what uh what what was it uh uh the swamp fox in south carolina mary i think was the general versus what they did in new england they adapted to the terrain where they are and they fought and a lot of times they weren't fighting to win they were just fighting not to lose and to exhaust Mm -hmm. the enemy and they did it totally different and they won. And so that's what we have to do is not play the same game that the party has been playing for the last 50 years. Well, you got to play to win, but you also got to know where to start. Like you don't just, you know, you don't just take a baby and say, here, walk. 
Right. Got to crawl exactly. first and we got to earn the trust of our local constituents. And yep. the thing is like, <clears throat> if you, if you listen to, I like Tim, Tim Cass, Tim Poole, mm -hmm. um, Tim identifies as a libertarian, a left libertarian. Okay. Mm -hmm. Why does he not vote libertarian? Like there's a guy who literally is a libertarian who doesn't identify, who identifies libertarian, but doesn't identify with the libertarian party. Right. Instead, he's basically, I think we'd consider him Republican now. So why do we have a guy who literally believes in everything we stand for? Embarrassed to say that he's a libertarian, that he actually votes libertarian. Well, I think part of it, I think part of it is the whole lesser of two evils. It's like if the third place guy is so far back and the first place guy, you know, if, if Biden or Hillary is so bad, then I'd rather vote for somebody who's 10% yeah. better. Um, you know, a lot of people voted for Trump because of that. I didn't, but I, of the two, I kind of wanted Trump to win both times uh, uh, if, uh, if I had to pick between the two, but I don't. But I think people really think, sometimes they think all, they, uh, all I can do is vote. And I'm just, I want to, people vote against people more than they vote for people, which, is, which is tough. Well, here's the thing though. That's why, so what happens is the libertarians alienate people by having a presidential candidate because then you're, you're, you're basically taking votes away from the conservatives. And this is something that I actually, I forgot who I spoke to about it, but they said, no, nah, you got to have the notoriety. If I were in charge of the libertarian party, I'd make a public statement and say, hey, we're focusing on local elections. Mm -hmm. We have no chance of winning this thing. We do not want to siphon any votes from either party, but we want to build up the trust on the local level but we will be running some people. And that's when you announce some people who are running for House or for Congress. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you have a list of people who are running for maybe State House in Georgia or whatever. But, I mean, when you – it's almost a, like the Green – like when you start running as a third party for president, you're putting yourself down with the Green Party, bro. Like Green Party, Libertarian, like that's they're, – they're classified as the same other. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, other. Because you have the two main guys and then you have the others. So until you can actually build up a formidable command, I'm not saying don't run for Congress or Senate, but as mm -hmm. far as the big dance, I just think it's an exercise. I don't, th I think it's actually, and, and not all publicity is good publicity. Look what's happening to Eliza blue chick. Like that ain't good publicity. You know, I don't even know what's going on. I'm, I, I don't care enough to learn about it. I just yeah. know that everyone's talking about it. And I know that yeah. whatever, I just don't, she's a fake human trafficker. I have no, I'm so confused. But anyway, like that's not good publicity for anybody. Right. It's just noise. Right. So what you need to do is build up that credibility, that trust and build the platform and get yeah. more people to say, hey, I, I like what these guys are saying. Mm -hmm. uh, but dude, I don't, I can't let Biden win. Look at my yeah. 401k. You know, I'm done with this. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to vote for, but oh man, these guys are taking all these votes away from my party. Yeah. But hey, look for, for my district in Congress, there's this guy, you know, J Jeff Charles, he's, he's running for house and, Yep. You know, I'm going to vote for him because I like what they stand for. But once you start going for the big seat, man, that's when you start really alienating people. And they're like, why are you doing this? Yeah. Well, I, I disagree a little bit. And, and this is, we have these conversations all the time in libertarian circles, but I think that my tech would be run a, run a, a presidential candidate, but don't pretend that you're going to win. I think that's what turns people off is they won't even listen to you if you start with a 
uh, an assertion that, yes, I'm going to win if people will just listen to me. Instead, you use that as a PR campaign to be like, look, I realize most of you are probably not going to vote for me, but I want you to hear my uh, uh, our ideas. That's, and, it. That's actually great. I love that. Right. And you bring that into like, hey, yeah, you might want to vote for one of the other two guys. You might not want to not vote at all. But just listen to our ideas and look at our candidates at the local level. And if these guys didn't suck so bad, then, you know, you could have somebody like us up there if you come on over to us. And so I think that the I like that, that a lot. Yeah, I, I think that that's what kills everybody is like to pretend, oh, I'm actually going to win unless, you know, some, you know, alien mind control thing takes uh, uh, control of the voters. That's not going to happen. Just be honest. It's like, hey, I'm here in this race because most of y'all won't listen to us any other time. So we're here and I'm not even saying vote for us. I'm just saying, listen to us and look at our candidates at the local level. And I'm going to tell you why both of these guys suck and yeah, decide between the two. But uh, so I, and, and also this is a kind of a technical thing. In some cases you kind of have to have a presidential candidate to get the LP back on the ballot. Probably. Uh, so if, if, if the Republicans and Democrats don't like the spoiler thing, then okay, just let us on the ballot then and we'll run local candidates. Uh, but because a lot of the places are set up, Tennessee's even worse. Uh, but like in Ohio, you have to get either in the presidential or the governor's race, you have to get so many percent. So we run somebody because we have to. Um, but I think that being that honest makes, with voters- that, that makes sense. Yeah. I actually take back what I said, but I have okay. two things I want to I wanna kind of address. Is Number one is, the alien control thing can happen. Have you seen what they've done with AI porn? Okay, number two. I have not. It's insane. It's insane. It's like real porn, but better because they have no blemishes. Oh, uh, and, and number two, <clears throat> yeah, number two is you have to pick a candidate that's perfect mm -hmm. that represents the party. That that is that that is that is what do you so like when you see Gary Johnson, you're like, okay, that's that's my guy, right? Mm -hmm. But you need to do the opposite. Like, I don't, I, I could never be a Republican because I can't identify with Mitch McConnell. Mm -hmm. Like, sorry, not, I don't want to be a part of that guy's team. So you got to pick someone who's cool, who can speak, who has this kind of, kind of likable vibe, like someone like The Rock, you know, someone who is like very likable, someone who, who, when you think of the Libertarian Party, like that's your, like there's a donkey and an elephant, like here's our guy, this is our, yeah. this is our guy. Yeah. And that's the poor girl. And that's the problem is who is willing to do that within yep. the party who has that kind of charisma. Yeah. And, and I think that if we build a culture and um, again, stop taking ourselves, uh, stop having this false sense of, I think we need to take ourselves seriously, which is yeah. why I think we have to be a little irreverent because, because we're not a player on the national scene and to pretend otherwise that's, you know, I think the other side of this issue would say, no, we have to be serious, but like, no, it, it's, if you think that you're on the same level, people will see you as profoundly unserious. And so I you don't have know. To, there's some, there's some called faking it till you make it. That well, might be but, the way to go. Well, that, but what I'm saying is, is like, is the, the, the strategy I outlined and have that like charismatic, have that charismatic person who's like, yeah, I'm not going to apologize for being a libertarian and saying that a guy baking cake shouldn't have to bake a cake for uh, a gay wedding or a church function. If he doesn't want, you know, it's like, let the, whoever decide like uh, to not 
apologize, but to always turn it back on them of like, look what the government being in charge of public health did to us over the last three years. I also, I want to bring something up. I was in sure. Murfreesboro for a meeting on Wednesday. Mm -hmm. And in that, in that area of downtown Murfreesboro, there were three bakeries that can bake mm -hmm. cakes. Right. How good is this guy's fucking cakes? Right. <laughs> like you're willing to take him to court over these cakes. Cause like I got a cake from Publix the other day and it was a really fucking good cake. It was a birthday cake. We got it for the promo cause we um, relaunched birthday cake MTS way. So I had to buy a birthday cake. And then of course kids, I'm like, this is fucking good cake. Like that cake to me was like a nine out of 10. This guy's cake has to be like a fucking 20 out of 10. Like I want to go to this guy. I want to, I want this guy's cake. Like people are willing to take him to court for this well, cake. I think what happened was, is that the, I think if you look at that case, the first case, the couple, he kind of turned them away and then somebody apparently later convinced them to sue, but then he's had other people uh, come and sue him for different things. And they're basically, they, they found out he wants to take a stand on an issue and he's getting harassed now, which is kind of what the left, that's one of the thing the left really scares me is like your average conservative like I live in my part of Knox County, you know, there's Trump flags and occasionally a Confederate flag, right? Well, they don't, they don't want, they don't care. They just want to be left alone for the most part. Yeah, I think the left they, wants everybody but, to buy in, but the left doesn't want you to homeschool your kids. It doesn't want you to, uh, uh, you know, raise your kids in church. It doesn't want you to, you know, whatever your values are that don't uh, line up with theirs they want to, they really do want to stamp that out. And so I, I do agree. They're the legit fascists. They are legit fascists. Yeah. Legit. They, they so are. I have a question for you as a libertarian. Sure. If you had to choose one of the two, Republican or Democrat. I mean, if I had to. Under your head and they cut off your penis. Yeah. I would, I, most of the time, uh, depending on the candidates. Yeah. Most of the time a Republican, but only Has because. Has there been a Democrat you would vote for in the past 10 years? Uh, Tulsi, maybe. Um, she's, okay, she's Tulsi, but Tulsi switched teams, man. Well, she's kind of off on her own now. Yeah, you're right. But yeah, I mean, Tulsi was, Tulsi, here's the thing is that uh, Tulsi was a Democrat because she's from Hawaii. Right. Hawaii, Hawaiians just vote Democrat blindly. Right. It's just what they do. Like that, 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 whatever, um, Yaka Ono, whatever that, that, that dumb chick in Congress or Senate or whatever, like she's dumb as a brick. And they vote for her just because she has a D by her name. Yeah. I think that I think that Tulsi has never really been a Democrat. Like she always, always butted heads with the party. You know, she never and she took down. I mean, yeah, she Hillary. took down Kamala like fucking yeah. just fierce. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, so the one Democrat you'd vote for is actually a just a Hawaiian who had to put a letter by her name. Right, right. But she is not a Democrat. Would you vote for AOC? Would you vote for Ilhan Omar? Would you vote for Biden? Would you right. vote for, go back, would you vote for Dukakis? Would you no. vote for, you know, Obama? Actually, Obama, what he was, you know what, the last Democrat I would vote for is probably Bill Clinton. Well, and and, and looking back, Bill Clinton uh, actually looks good <laughs> compared to all the Democrats since Bill Clinton, then. Bill Clinton would be considered a right-wing fascist at this point. Yeah, he, pro he probably would. And to, to clarify, like if you're saying, hey, will you vote for a Republican or a Democrat? It's like saying, do you want to vote for 
having pancreatic cancer or skin cancer? I'll, I'll take the skin cancer, I'll right? Take, like, well, it depends. Not melanoma. I'll take carcinoma because I had well, carcinoma. I or, or, or whatever. Like, uh, you know, I think pancreatic cancer is, I think, one of the worst. But like, I'll it pick sounds the, really bad. Yeah, it's, it's uh, you will, in other words, or do you want to drive off the cliff at 100 miles an hour or 50 miles an hour, <laughs> right? That, that's my... Yeah, I, I think that, but again, like, you look at libertarians dressed as Republicans right now, right? Yeah. Rand, he's as, he's about as close to libertarian as we'll ever get. Yep. You know, he fought um, Fauci and all them every step of the way. Yep. Thomas Massey. I mean, that guy's a gangster. I love him. Yep. So I think that, I think that a lot of the good Republicans are, are actually, I'd consider them more libertarian. You know, the ones who are anti, anti-Ukraine war too. Yeah. There's a like, handful. Looking, There's yeah, a handful. I mean, I, I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene, is she, is she really a Republican? I mean, a lot of what she preaches is free market, open market. Mm-hmm. I consider her more of a, you know, a, a free market Republican, which I would argue is close to libertarian, yeah. you know, obviously. And there's, there's also in the libertarian party, there's some inconsistencies like abortion, mm-hmm. like the Rand Paul libertarians believe abortion is murder and we're non-aggressionists. Yeah. Whereas the other ones are like, Hey, you can kill whatever you want as long as it's in your body. Yeah. So I think there's some things we need to clarify, like those issues is pretty clear. Republicans have taken a pro-life stand, whereas Democrats are like, hey, kill anything. Yeah. As long as it's, you know, as long as it's still within the vagina, it could be literally on its way out. We could stab it in the head while it's coming out of the canal. So, so I mean, we need to, we need to kind of find these issues yeah. and have a stance. Cause even then it's like, well, how do, uh, how do libertarians feel about abortion? Yeah. You know, those are, those are issues that I don't think have been addressed because there's the Rand Paul camp and then there's the, the other camp. Yeah. Which is why, you know, I think there are good faith arguments on either side. Uh, I'm pro-life myself, but I also see the the problem with giving the government, uh, you know, power to, you know, the government will, will screw up uh, uh, that uh, just as they screw anything else up. And ultimately, I think that as libertarians, one thing we can all agree on is like no government funding for uh, Planned Parenthood or other organizations that promote Amen. it and, and things like that. And like uh getting rid of all the um you know it's very hard to adopt and things like that and in other words try freedom as much as possible and then maybe we still disagree on uh the fundamental issue but getting government out of things as much as possible and building up um you know la- allowing private charities and churches and things like that to 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 step in is going to uh help that problem um and so that's the thing is we um, and ultimately, that's why I think that libertarians are very open to the idea, especially in the Mises caucus, to, um, you know, really looking at things like nullification of federal laws, even up to secession and things like that, because oh, yeah. like, you know, we're in Tennessee. Tennessee is what it is. Um, but like, do I th- realistically think that portland is going to want to be like knox county and we're not going to convince all those people so why don't we go our separate ways and i can still go vacation in uh uh in california with my wife's family and go see a dodger game every once in a while but i don't want you know their politicians telling me what to do in knox county amen i'm I'm we've already done that it's already it's already been done like we've already seceded basically all, all these states are completely different. Mm-hmm. Like Tennessee is, and I own a business in California. It's night and mm-hmm. day. I own oh. two businesses in California. It's night and day. It's not, yeah. 
it's it's not even close to this. It's a different country. Yeah. I feel like when I was when I was I, I grew up in L.A. and I used to go down to Rosarito Beach in Mexico. And I remember when I crossed the border, I'm like, holy shit, it's a different country. Mm-hmm. But then I drive over to Nevada. I'm like, okay, whatever, same country. Now, if I go to another state, I'm like, it's like I'm in a foreign land. It's like yeah. I'm in a different country. We've already had that happen because during COVID, all yeah. the all the all, all the conservatives moved like. People are like, don't California my Tennessee. I'm like, dude, California's made this state redder than ever. Look at the map. Yeah. Like after redistricting, the only we have a sliver of blue on the corner of Memphis. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. Even Nashville has turned red based on the map. And mm-hmm. my neighbors are from California. They make me look like Bernie Sanders. Yeah. Like these people are far right. They own 400 guns each. Yeah. Like they're, they're way to the right. So California is actually what's, look at, look at all these, oh, don't California, my Florida. You mean the Florida that went from DeSantis winning by this much to winning by over 20%? Don't yeah. California, my Texas. Oh, you mean the Texas that went from, you know, um, Abbott barely winning and he was a horrible candidate to winning by a landslide. Oh, yeah. don't California, my Georgia. Oh, Kemp versus the same person won by like 80 more points. Yep. Come on, Californians, New Yorkers, and Illinoisans moving out of their state have made this. But what happens is California will never go Republican. Yep. New York will never go Republican. They're going to go farther and farther left. Tennessee, yep. Texas, Florida, Georgia are going to go farther and farther right. I read this article in the ten- by Tennessee conservative or whatever, and it was about how the, oh, we're, we're turning left because a couple schools did some wacky, woke things. I'm like, no, that's just one rogue principle. Mm-hmm. And one rogue teacher, but my my kids, their their teachers are, I'm not going to say who they are because they'll probably get in trouble. But they're very conservative people. Yep. Like at least at, at Williamson County schools I've seen, like these teachers are based. Yep. They don't have any wokeness. Yep. And I think that you're right. Is a I think in some cases, you know, there are I think maybe in pockets there are, you know, the the rich Californians are coming out to. Austin or something like that. But for the most part, I think you're right. It's the conservatives and libertarians. Like, you know, I, you know, I, I came from Ohio to Tennessee and it's uh, the people moving down here are, uh, are they came because they want to be uh, more free. You know, I have a question for you eating at me. Sure. What would you do with federal taxes? Abolish the IRS, go flat or fair? Um, well, as Ron Paul said, I'd abolish the IRS and replace it with nothing. Um, but ultimately, I don't know, like, uh, if I, I would probably, I don't know, that's a good question. I I think I'd rather get rid of the income tax and withholding. So whatever, if the fair tax would do that, maybe that would be better, but ultimately it's like cancer. If you leave a little bit of it alive, it's going to grow back. It's Um, very good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, but I, I think the key, and I don't know, you know, again, if you could kill withholding, uh, that would, that would be great because then people could just not file, uh, <laughs> and, and things like that. But, uh, uh, ultimately, I, I mean, I think that the system is not sustainable. The fact that no. the money is what, you know, they're printing money out of thin air, it's going to come crashing down at some point. And so I'm, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad I'm on the right side of the, uh, Mason Dixon, <laughs> Mason. Dixon oh my goodness. What a blessing up. it is to live in the great state of Tennessee, isn't it? Yeah, it's great. Uh, I love it here, man. Love well, it. it's we're, the best move ever. We're going to, you know, of course, see you in what, what weekend is it? It is April 22nd, 23rd in Nashville. Um, you're going to be there. I'm going to be there. 
uh, Michael Bolden, uh, Jeff Deist, a couple other uh, people, I think we're still uh, maybe going to slot some new people in there. So it's going to be great. So go to uh, takehumanactiontour.com, get your tickets and your uh, hotel room uh, to see Mark and I and, and all the other guys. Uh, what? Uh, just tell people how they can get engaged with what you're doing. And, uh, you know, we're going to have you back on and we're uh, we're glad you're part of the part of the uh, uh, the family uh, now, and it's it's a thrill to have you on. So I want to throw people uh, send them your way to support what you're doing. So how can I'm they so do happy that? to be a part of this? So yeah, and that weekend, if you guys want, we could do an event at the gym the day before or after because I have a nice little facility out here. I'd love for you to come and visit. Okay, hang out yeah, I'll, I'll we'll get uh, swole. Yeah, we'll talk to Mike. Yeah, well, we'll see what we can set up. Yeah, yeah. So um, you can find me. Uh, there it is on the screen, at Mark Lobliner, M-A-R-C-L-O-B-L-I-N-E-R, everywhere. Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Well, not Facebook. That got hacked, but it still works. It's weird. So okay. um, anywhere anywhere but YouTube. YouTube is youtube.com slash Tiger Fitness. Okay. All right, Mark. I, I really appreciate it and look forward to working with you. And uh, thanks for staying strong and, and moving in the right direction during all the craziness of the last three years. I appreciate you so much, brother. All right, there you have it. I'd like to thank Mark Lobliner for his time, his wisdom, and uh, obviously his unbounded enthusiasm. He, uh, I think, is really going to be a big part of helping re-energize the LP, uh, especially I'm glad to have him here in my home state of Tennessee, uh, Josiah Baker and I, and uh, all the people in LPTN. Uh, are excited to have him uh, on board. Again, he's going to be at the Take Human Action Tour stop in Nashville, uh, April 22nd, 23rd. Uh, I'm going to be hosting that. So go to TakeHumanActionTour.com to get your tickets for that, uh, to get your uh, hotel room from the block there. Uh, Also, go over to uh, DecentralizedRevolution.com slash 99 for links to uh, Mark's uh, TigerFitness.com, and I've got a going to put up a clip of uh, Mark talking about uh, uh, a decision he made uh, on behalf of Liberty that cost him some money, and uh, just really appreciate how he breaks that down. Uh, so you want to go over to DecentralizedRevolution.com/slash/99 uh, to check that out. Thanks to my co-producer Simon Kalpin. Thanks to Dave versus Goliath, my man Dave Casey, for all the music you hear on Decentralized Revolution. He is uh, uh, on uh, The System is Down now with Dan Smot. So two really creative Mises Caucus guys uh, uh, hosting uh, a great podcast. I've had them both on the show. So you really want to check them out. Also, thanks to everyone who subscribes to our email list and gives to Mises Pack at TakeHumanAction.com. And of course, everyone, if you haven't done this yet or haven't done it in a while, share the podcast, rate it, review it, subscribe to it on uh, YouTube or your favorite podcatcher. Uh, all of that decentralized revolution uh, needs to uh, uh, rely on your help to get out there. And I appreciate you all being on board. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time.